Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. We're, at, we're going to be looking at Psalm 5, and then actually, this is the prayer from David. In a little bit, I want to flip over, I want to look at Psalm 90. That's a prayer of Moses. Today, we're, I'm talking about the spiritual power of your mornings. Do you know, VBS is a time of planning... It's a time of preparation. It's a one-week commitment. You're exhausted. You're tired. You've been serving. Um, and then it's kind of, it's over Friday. And you think, wow, I'm glad that's over. I've got another year before I have to do that again. But also, Bible school can be very dangerous. And you say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Bible school can be dangerous because you can think, Wow, we've had great success. It went really well. Lots of kids came. Folks got saved. A little great offering. Um, wonderful crowd. Great positive attitude with the gospel going out. But you get back home. You get back in your routine the rest of the summer. And you can find yourself in this spiritual quagmire of feeling very distant from God. You've got to go back to your old habits. You don't have the sense of excitement. You, don't, you, you weren't in God's house every, each and every day. One of the great strengths of VBS is you're up here at church, you're in God's house, three plus, I mean, a lot, many ways, you spend more time at Bible school than you do on Sunday morning here, so for, for a night when you're up here. So you're, you're constantly around the people of God, hearing the, about the power of God and hearing the Word of God taught and sung to you with that. What this psalm is going to teach us and what David and the Lord's message for you this morning is we need to understand our spiritual power, our spiritual strength comes from our time with God. Every day you want to meet with God. Last Sunday, I preached on Psalm 4. That is about giving our nights. That's an evening prayer. When you close your eyes at night, you are praying and trusting your evening, your night with the Lord. And then, when you wake up in the morning, your night is over. You begin your day, obviously, with God. This psalm here is a morning prayer. We begin our mornings to God. Do you want to live a God-centered life? This, this is really the heart and soul of what it means. Because for you and I, it's easy for us to get in our routines. Our routines and our just daily schedule actually will determine whether or not we see and witness and experience the power of God. You can look at someone's schedule and tell you, I can look at your schedule and tell you if you're growing spiritually. Because if, if you are not t making time for the Lord, you will not experience that spiritual high that maybe you had here at VBS this past week. So open up your Bibles. Psalm, Psalm 5, verses 1 through 12. We're going to read all 12 of these Bible verses here. This is David here. He says, Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my sighings. Pay attention to the sound of my cry. My King and my God... For I pray to you, in the morning, he begins his morning with the Lord. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I plead my case to you and watch expectantly. I love that word, expectantly. David uses that throughout the, throughout the Psalms. Expectantly means 
You are looking forward to today. You woke up and today God is going to do something. There's an expectation. Like maybe, here's what I mean by expectation. You woke up this morning, you come to Sunday school, you go to church, you want the service to be over 11.30, maybe, maybe if we're running late, 11.40, you're going to lunch somewhere, you're going to take a nap, you're going to watch golf and that helps you take a nap, then you're going to wake up and you're going to do some housework. You're like You mentally are walking through your day. So you have this expectation. And, and David is saying, God, you're my expectation. I want you to bring someone in, in my life that I can be a witness to, that I can pray for, that I can encourage, I can be a blessing for. I want to give you all a perfect example. My parents come down for Bible school. This is, this is just shows you how much can change in your life. And this is the power of something, that the ministry that Brother Hurd has. I'm going to share about this. My parents came down. They're professional VBS workers. My dad, uh, he helps out always with the second grade. He helps Miss Marsha, the second grade class, always. And my mom teaches like preschool missions usually. And Belle and Mr. Danny, that's their names, and they were helping out. And then on uh, Friday morning, Dad, I was talking to him, everything was fine. Then he walks in from being on the back porch, and he was totally confused. Didn't know where he was at. Uh, his fa- left side of his face was drooping down. His eye was swollen up. Mom looked and go, oh, and he says, where am I? Well, what's going on? Uh, just totally lost. Mom realizes this is a sign of a stroke. She calls our uh, paramedics here in Lexington. I was impressed with how fast Paramedics are at home in 30 seconds. I mean, lightning round fast. They were there. They took him to Baptist Health. I'm not kidding when I say this. He's still in the ER. Brother Hurd was already visiting him. Brother Hurd, I didn't even visit him. I mean, you beat him. You beat me. I mean, that was, I mean even my mom is like, wow. She's first thing she said, how old is he? That's what she asked. Daniel, do you do that? That's what she said to me. She was so impressed. My Danny and Belle, and they missed last night at Bible school, which probably for Dad, that might have been a blessing for him for one last night. So, um, but you think about that. He did not wake up that day expecting to spend the night at Baptist Health Lexington to have Brother Hurd come pray for him in, in the ER. We do not know what our days plan. And that's why we come daily saying, Lord, this could be my last day. But if it is, whether it's the first or the last, it's yours. There is an expectation that David had that we also need to have. God, today is your day. And, we, and the way we know that is we begin it with our mornings. If you don't take control of your time, if you don't take control of your day, someone else or something else will. You'll just be guided along by other people's priorities and what they want to do, and you're just drifting along. And the Bible's telling us, we give our days to God. I'll give you a per example of another failure from my behalf. VBS, for, for, for all this is a very busy week. Our next door neighbors are Nepalese. They're from Nepal. They are not saved. Sherry made the comment to me, 
Daniel, you need to go next door and invite them over. Invite and tell them, give them a little flyer, invite them to Bible school. They've got a bunch of kids. All they do is play soccer. They need to come, uh, come to VBS here. And I had fully intended, Sherry, that day doing that. But do you know I had 1,001 things to do? And I went to bed that night. And I thought, oh, no. I forgot to invite the neighbors to church. I was even going to bring them. I was going to bring the kids, the boys over here. And that's an example that other things that maybe we felt were important, but they weren't the most important thing. Inviting lost people, people who are not saved, those children needed to be here at Broadway to learn about Jesus. That's an example that our schedule, our routines, it can be so focused on what we're doing, we fail to experience the power of God in our life because we're not thinking about it. And David says, you begin your day with God, and you wait for Him expectantly, you'll see the power of God. Look here, verse 4. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil cannot dwell with you. The boastful cannot stand in your sight. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who tell lies. The Lord abhors violent and treacherous people. This is saying God hates sin. But I enter your house. We're in God's house right now. That's what David's saying. You've come here in God's house. This is where Christians meet on Sunday morning. By the abundance of your faithful love, I bow down towards your holy temple in a reverential all of you. Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my adversaries. Make your way straight before me. For there is nothing reliable in what they say. Destruction is within them. Their throat is an open grave. You know, David had these enemies. David was constantly, especially when he was a young man, he was on the run. Saul did not like him. Saul was constantly trying to kill David because of jealousy. They flatter with their tongues. Punish them, God. Let them fall by their own schemes. Drive them out because of their many crimes. For they rebel against you. But let them all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them shout for joy forever. May you shelter them. And may those who love your name boast about you. Look at that phrase. Don't miss this. May those who love your name boast about you. We want to see if you can read your Bibles in the dark. Do you boast about the Lord? Do you brag on Jesus? We love Jesus' name. We are proud because we have been saved by the blood of Jesus. We come singing, rejoicing. We have joy in our hearts because we have been saved by Christ. For you, Lord, bless the righteous one. You surround him with favor like a shield. That is what God's favor does. It's a shield around your life. Now, don't you know my dad was released yesterday at 5 o'clock? And he, he's anxious to get home. He left this morning to head back to Alabama. But because of your prayers, you prayed for him. He is okay. He's healed. God hears and answers prayers. Your shield is the prayers of God's people. When there's a need, you have your church family, the people of God, lifting you up to the Lord, crying out to God for you, 
And God answers in response to those prayers. Flip over in your Bibles. We're going to read in a second. We're going to read Psalm 90. That's the first psalm was there of David. I want you to take a look here about what Moses had to say. Moses gives us a reminder of our life with this. Charles Spurgeon, the great English preacher, 1500, or not 1550 years ago, he have a quote I put up here on the board. Prayer is the key today. That's the key to our day, your prayer life. And not only that, it's the lock at night. That's why the Bible says we begin and we end our day in prayer. Prayer is talking to God. You are spending time with the Lord, speaking to Him, communicating with Him. If, if we're not careful, our routine, the busyness of our life, will prevent us from allowing the key and the lock to work. And we can go through our life as a prayerless Christian. And we have not been faithful to the Lord. Every great movement of God in your life, it begins by you not moving. What I mean by that, it's not something you do, it's God. Spiritual revival, spiritual growth, spiritual movement in your life is nothing you do, it's what God does in your life. We want to experience revival here at Broadway Baptist Church. I can't bring revival, you can't, God does that. You want, to, you want the Lord to do? You want to feel the power and presence of God in your family? Maybe you know some, some folks that they need to be at VBS. They need to be sitting in these pews. You've got some family members that aren't here. You're crying out to God, asking Him to move. You want a powerful worship service? You pray for our church all throughout the week? And you expect God to do something great? Because you've been bathing that in prayer. The great hindrance to a move of God in your life is your routine and your structure. Your daily schedule is actually, if you're not careful, can be a spiritual hindrance. It, it can prevent and can basically block out God. If God wanted to break into your life, would you have time for Him? If He wanted to do something new and different, would you have time? You know, I'm so proud this past week. So many folks came up to me and says, because, you know, this year recruiting volunteers seemed, because of, I guess this past year, it seemed extra hard to get workers it was a little more challenging this past year because maybe a lot of folks had gotten out of the VBS routine since we didn't really have it a year ago. So several of you hadn't served in a long time at church or a Bible school and you all stepped up this past year because I kind of maybe twisted your arm a little bit and maybe made some uh, promises, some empty promises. And, uh, but you did step up. And what happened from that is you, I know you came to me, I know you came to Miss Lyons, and you all shared about how wonderful this past week was. Because you witnessed the power of God. You made a priority to break out of your routine. It was very tiresome. You get home late at night, exhausted. But you witnessed God. And I believe what we witnessed this past week is something God can do each and every day in your life. But you have to have the availability. You have to say, God, am I available for you? I've given my time. Now think about some of the things that prevent you from experiencing the time of God. I want to tell you, 
TV and movies and scrolling on social media is dangerous. It's dangerous. Because what that does is that sucks your time away from you. You're losing all that time watching TV, movies, and scrolling on social media, and you have nothing to show for it. Nothing. You look at the clock and go, wow, I just lost all that time. It's already three in the afternoon, and I've done nothing today. The devil is preventing many of you, maybe me too, from experiencing personal revival in your life, in my life, because TV, movies, and scrolling on social media. It sucks your time, and it gives nothing in return. In fact, in many ways, when you're done with it, you're just angry. You're mad that what you just read about, or you're, you're mad that you just lost all this time. Go, what have I been doing? And the, God is saying, that's, that's, not, that's not for the people of God. You're not going to experience revival doing that. Productive people, spiritually productive people, do not live that way. They take control of their time and they waste time not on those things, they waste time with God. Do you know, I want to read this, <clears throat> these verses here. Go ahead and turn your Bibles. Psalm 90. Last few verses we're going to read this morning. This is a, a prayer of Moses. We're going to read verses 3 through 6. Now, Moses said this prayer. Moses is a man who knows uh, the Lord. He was very close to the Lord. God called him. He fought with the Lord. He also knows about death. One of the things what happened when Moses was leading the people in the wilderness for 40 years, all the adults except for Joshua and Caleb, they died. That was probably over a million plus people who died for over a 40 year period wandering around in the Sinai desert, just going around in circles. That was a graveyard for them. Moses buried a lot of folks. So when, when you think about death, and the, say, why, why, why did that happen? If you remember your Bible story, because the people complained. That's why complaining is dangerous. The people griped to God. Complaining to God doesn't do one bit of good. In fact, they complained to God. Moses got mad. He was disobedient to God. And God said, fine, for your disobedience... All of you except Je Joshua and Caleb, and the reason why Joshua and Caleb didn't die in the wilderness is because they gave a good report of the promised land. They were positive. They weren't scared. They trusted in the Lord. The other ten spies, there were twelve spies, two were positive, ten were negative. The other ten spies were, just gave a bad, the Bible says they gave a bad report when they came back to Moses, and God judged them for that. Joshua and Caleb had faith, and they were enter, able to enter the, they trusted the Lord to enter the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. But what happened was God told the Israelites, because of your complaining and disobedience, you adults are not going to enter the promised land. You're going to die in this wilderness. This place is going to be a graveyard. Now, children that were under about 20 years old, they did not die in the wilderness. They lived. If you remember, God sent snakes. They sent raiding armies that attacked them. One after one, they dealt with things... That basically calls the people to perish. But look what Moses reminds us for our life. Now I want to read these verses because this is really a reflective time to say, God, who am I living for? Am I able, am I prepared 
to give the rest of my days to you. How exciting is it to be 89 years old and to be able to go to the hospital and to visit folks that have had a stroke and to pray with them. What a wonderful ministry. What a wonderful blessing. And the weekend before that, the gentleman standing up was winning the Oldest Father Award. The, l- listen, guys, what I just said. The Oldest Father, men, was the first one at the hospital visiting my dad. All of us young guys, Brother Hurd, including me, we didn't go. Now, I want you all to read these verses here with that context. You return to mankind to the dust, saying, Return, descendants of Adam. You know, where did Adam come from? He came from dust. God took dust, and he made Adam. For in your sight, a thousand years are like yesterday that passes by. Like a few hours of the night. The night might seem so long to you, but to God, no, thousand years are the same as just three or four hours at night. God is eternal. Time does not exist for God. He's beyond time. You end their lives. You know who ends our lives? It's not us, it's God. God ends our lives. Verse 5, they sleep. They are like grass that grows in the morning. You wake up in the morning. You're on your back porch. You're spending time with God. You look at the grass. It has dew on it. In the morning it sprouts and grows. By evening, it withers and dries up. The heat scorches the grass. Just like that, the Bible reminds us, that is our life. Now, we know we have very little time. We have short lifespans. The Bible is pleading with you and I that we want to give our time, our morning and our evenings to God. I'm asking you to begin your day and end your day with the Lord. Don't be a believer that wastes his life. Look here in your handouts, in your little bulletin. I want to bring attention to a couple of these things. You don't need to turn there, but I've got to put the Bible verse in there. I want to use Jesus, no better example than an example of Jesus. Jesus, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, here towards the end of your little handout, in your bulletin. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, a lot of us maybe get up in the middle of the night and it's still dark and we get up to go to the bathroom, but not Jesus. He got up in the middle of the night and he went outside and he made his way to a deserted place and there he was praying. Jesus is praying in the middle of the night. He's spending time with God. Now, if Jesus values morning prayer, that is an example for us. Guys, we're to give our mornings to God. Jesus did it. Moses did. If you read on Psalm 90, he talks about his mornings there, giving it to God. And Psalm 5, David's saying, in the morning, I'll wait expectantly. Men and women who take advantage of their mornings have taken advantage of their day. Don't waste your mornings. It's the best time for other people. Do it. Here it is. So, Pastor... My mornings, I'm sleepy. I don't know what to do. 
Here's three practical ways for you to develop a morning prayer routine. And that's what it is. It's a prayer routine. Number one, early to bed, early to rise. The early bird gets the worm. Have you heard that saying? The bird that gets up and is waking you up at 5 a.m. chirping. That's the bird getting the worm. It's outside your window waking you up. But that's the same way. You go to bed early, you rise early. Because you're not exhausted. You don't oversleep. Number two, you need to have your Bible and maybe your prayer journal, your, your prayer list. It needs to be nearby. Because if you know, if you go to bed knowing in the morning... I'm going to spend time with God. I know where my Bible is. I know where my, my prayer sheet is. I know who I'm going to be praying for. I promise you'll wake up and you'll do it. It's not a, a, a guessing game wondering where's my Bible? Where's my stuff? Oh, I'm going back to bed. No. You've made those arrangements. And I want to tell you this. This is why prayer is so important. This might be most important. Third, your prayer life is a gift to others. You have to view it that way. What you do with your mornings, moms, dads, it's actually a gift to other people. It's a gift to me if you pray for me. It was a gift to my parents that Brother Hurd was there Friday at the hospital. That's a gift. It's a gift that you're giving to someone else. You know, we think of gifts a lot of times as giving out money, a, a gift card, a present greatest gift we can give is lifting that person up to the Lord. Do you know someone with cancer? Pray for them. Pray for healing. That's a gift that you're giving to them. The greatest gift you can ever give is the gift of prayer. Some of you might be here and you say, Daniel, I would love to serve at, at VBS, but I'm too old. But remember, you're not as old as Brother Herb, but for what, he was up here every night serving. But I can't serve because of my age. And that might be true for some folks. But you can give the gift of faithfully praying for these children to get saved, for the parents to bring their children, for them to respond to the gospel, praying for the teachers to clearly present Christ to them. So in conclusion, this morning, you want to you have a prayer routine? You think about these things. Early to bed, early to rise. You go to bed, know where your Bible and your prayer lists are. So you go to bed expecting to wake up and to do that. You're prepared. And not only that, your attitude, you're not doing this because I told you to and I urge you to. You're viewing your prayer life as a spiritual gift to everyone else. It's totally other-centered. It's not your, what you want. You're praying for others. You're praying for our church. You're praising God, thanking Him for saving you. And it's the best gift you can give to someone else. This morning, do you want to be saved? Maybe there's some children and some teenagers. You heard the gospel this past week. You read these scriptures. And you know you need to respond to God. The first step in developing a prayer life is being a believer. God hears and responds to the prayers of His people. His people are those whom are saved. If you want to be saved this morning, myself and Brother Hurd, as we always do, we close every single service 
with a public invitation. Invitation is not just to get saved. We've got baptism coming up. Not only do we have baptism coming up, we have a, this is the best church in the city for you to join. Make this your church home. This is our time for you to do business with God. So we're going to stand together, and I'm going to close this in a prayer. And after that prayer, we will sing our song of invitation. I believe our song is, I've decided to follow Jesus. What a great song to sing. So let's bow our heads and pray. God, I pray that this message here about prayer and about giving our mornings and giving our evenings, our time is your time. Lord, help us be Christians that are not wasting our days. Lord, we, we, set, we set our schedules. Our schedules determine if we're going to have spiritual revival or renewal. Lord, I pray this morning, if there's anyone here, and there is, people here who need to be saved. Lord, I know for a fact there's people here who need to be saved. They need to be baptized. They need to make Broadway their church home. God, I pray they'll respond just like those children respond. If children can do it, adults can do it. I pray we respond to the gospel. Thank you for your word. Lord, we pray we take these words from the Psalms, from David, from Moses, from Jesus, and we reflect on them throughout our, our lives. They don't go void. Your roar never returns void. God, we give you this invitation this morning. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. Brother Hurt, if you'll come down here and stand with me, we're going to sing our song of invitation.